historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-Z. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the End Times. Continue recording on this Super Bowl Sunday, the 11th of February. I am Dino, and you are... And I am Ace. I'm going to make a bold prediction right at the outset. What's that? I think one of the teams is going to win. I I think so, too. Yeah. That yeah. seems that seems incredibly likely. I got a thousand yeah. bucks riding on side action that Taylor Swift does show up. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then she brings about the apocalypse, uh, yes. just as Warchan has foretold. <laughs> That's the thing that blows me. I called my dad. The, the area, the Aryan Queen brings about the Fourth Reich, uh, just live <laughs> on. on uh... It's like, yeah. <laughs> it really, it really annoys Lady Jane that I still call her Tadolf Switler. Um, <laughs> um, that's one thing. I called my dad and I was like, hey man, do you got any side action on uh, on whether or not Taylor Swift shows up? And he's like, that seems to be all anyone cares about, doesn't it? <laughs> I have just been perplexed by like, the conspiracy theories uh, surrounding this, you know, like, it, it, like, you know what I mean? Like, even if this was like, you know, some type of like photo op type situation mm-hmm. where it's just, you know, like that, it's like the conspiracy theories go way far beyond <laughs> to the point where those seem rational, that those seem like the okay ones, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, yeah. Like for one, I would just want to like, like for the conservatives who are like you know uh trash you know, taylor swift uh, like do you have any idea who you're fucking with for like you know biggest star on the planet like, right now single biggest star on the like, planet right now people died yeah. at her show in brazil and everyone forgot and about no it no one cared yeah no one cared <laughs> even the people who died didn't care yeah, that, you know what i mean <laughs> like, uh, like he, here's the thing, is that you know Trump always had that uh, that saying where like he said he could walk out on Fifth Avenue and shoot someone mm-hmm. and he'd still get elected because his supporters were just that fervent. Uh, that is true for Taylor Swift. Yes, uh, the only uh, thing anyone like, would talk about was whether or not she was gay when she did it. Right? Was she gay <laughs> doing the crime? Was, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but no, uh, like, she could go out on national television, strangle a baby, and not only would that be okay, uh, all of her Swifties would go out and also strangle a baby in solidarity. Yes! Like, this is just the world you live in. She is, uh, she and, is powerful. And here's the thing, too, it's not just her. political enemy. Yeah, making yes. a political enemy of her specifically uh, is a strange choice. It's, it's uh, not just that either. It's not just that how powerful she is. The real power, yeah. okay? And this is Taylor's, uh-huh. you know, Taylor is who Taylor is, but the power behind Taylor Swift is in a person named Tree Payne. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Tree Payne is her publicist. Yes. And there is in 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 the Taylor Swift kind of circles, especially the more conspiratorial ones in the of Swifties. Lore. Yes. There's a the phrase is that God works hard, Tree Payne works harder. Yeah. <laughs> so this is some that's who you're really fucking with is tree fucking pain. Right. I wouldn't cross tree pain. <laughs> yeah. You know 
and here here's the thing, right? I think a lot of people might think I'm talking like saying some of these things in jest, and I am mostly, but um we live in a world where Taylor Swift could easily sway any election in recent memory. Oh yeah, with as tight as the races yeah, have yeah. been, her endorsement yeah. matters. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Like and so it's like really you know uh people talk about you know we want free and fair elections uh, all the way up until it, they realize that their entire the entire political system is uh can be easily determined uh by one pop star's uh, <laughs> opinion yes and, and then that's that so well, part of it is because she has she has that crossover appeal of having started out in like the country pop crossover sort of genre, right. where that's one of the reasons people the reason that she got the Tadolf Switler sort of moniker back in the day was because she wasn't saying yes. anything about Trump. There was that, and there was her conflict with Kanye. Right. Um, yeah, and, and then there was the thing about that they thought she was like a Republican because of red. Right. Her, right. Um, right. So, and yeah. not just that, but also her dad, it seems as though the way that the story has been revealed publicly, which, by the way, is all up to Tree Payne. So I don't know how mm-hmm. true any of this is, but supposedly her father basically was saying, look, middle America is your bread and butter. You can't go out and start talking about how much you hate Donald fucking Trump because mm-hmm. your your fan base started as your your fan base is people in middle America who listened to country prop pop crossover music, uh, you know, whatever it was five years prior. Right. So, so that's, that's kind of the way that all that went down. And that's why she's kind of remained mum on it. But there was that thing that came out. There was that clip from that documentary that started making the rounds again. And by the way, if it started making the rounds again, that's because Tree Payne wanted to. Where she's arguing with her dad a couple of years ago about like, no, I want to I want to make a statement. I want to talk about about this and stuff. And and they're like, no, you can't do that. You got it's going to alienate too many people. So but they know how much power she has. Oh, yeah. And and Republicans trying to act like that doesn't exist is hilarious and trying to act like they can fight it is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like, why are you poking uh, the bear that could just like destroy your political, uh, you know, <laughs> candidates in an instant? Like, yes. why? Yeah, you don't want to do that. Um, yes. And her, and here's the thing too. Part of the reason that her profile, the 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 way that the football sort of thing ties in, the NFL needs her there. Yeah, of course they're leaning into this because that, hey, you know what? They like views. What do you know? People who would never watch football are watching it just for the cutaways to Taylor Swift's little sweet box up there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, of course they're leaning into it. It's like sometimes a thing doesn't have to be a conspiracy. Sometimes interests just align and it's like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, I, I just find that I, I just find it hilarious how powerful she's become and kind of under everyone's yeah. nose. Back in the day, like when Reputation came out, she was she was a pop star, but she wasn't who she is now. And right. the 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 way that her profile has grown has been absolutely fascinating. And so much of it is so 
it, she's it, so much of what's caused her profile to explode is so grown in a vat, right? Like, there's here's the thing. There's this. There's a theory. There's a theory that Taylor Swift never actually wanted to get the rights to her original recordings back for her first whatever it was five albums. That oh, okay. There was you remember that fight that she had where she was trying to get him, yeah. and then she started releasing the Taylor's version stuff. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's a theory that she never actually wanted those rights back. That she wanted to raise the profile of the fact that she didn't have them. And then she can sell all those albums again when she re-records the the songs just slightly differently. Right. Yeah, yeah. And she gets all that money. And that's the only album anyone's going to want to buy is is the one that she calls Taylor's version, the one that's the artist's right. intent, right? Right, of course, the one that has her stamp of approval. Right. So she has successfully through through not getting the rights to her original albums, she has successfully been able to re-release that music, sell it twice, and now she's she's going to be the only one anyone she, that's going to be the only version anyone wants moving forward. She pulled a Todd Howard re-releasing Skyrim for the twentieth time. That's exactly he's like, this right. Is the, this is my original vision. You know what? Uh, it is exactly the video game director's cut definitive edition thing. Yes, it's exactly yes. that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what she did. It's genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's genius. It's 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 absolutely it you know like you know corporate manipulation of of consumers but it all is right that's all anything is so it's but but it's genius it's so smart yeah oh yeah she is fucking formidable her team is fucking formidable you do not want to be their enemy no no not whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) like no people don't understand the the swifties her fan base they're scary like they'll murder you and oh they are terrifying (laughs) Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Speaking of video games and definitive editions and shit, so yeah, the Xbox, Xbox. fanboys have been made upset. Uh, yeah, they're very butthurt right now um, because <laughs> Xbox supposedly uh, this is you know these are still rumors, but it's likely that this is going to be the case. And uh, Phil Spencer, um, you know, kind of the head of Xbox uh, sort of like said, we hear you and we're going to address these things uh, soon. I think, I think next week or by like or this week, by the time the listeners are listening to this, um, supposedly Xbox is going to go multi-platform for their games that have traditionally been exclusive to their console. They are, uh, they have so developed like- a very powerful video game publishing business alongside their hardware. And that's been, being able to publish exclusives for things like Windows and Xbox has made people very excited to be Xbox owners, even though Xbox uh, was yeah. outsold by the PlayStation 3 by a factor. I think they, was, I think they sold like 7.4 million Xboxes, well, and, the, and the PlayStation 5 has sold 22 million, something like that. Yeah. I think well in in the 360 era Xbox 360 was winning uh, up yes. until like the very end and I think PS3 pulled ahead at like the very end but they were yes. winning that sort of like um that sort of war for a while Xbox uh, PS4, uh, they just, yeah, fired Xbox up one the, they just got yeah 
they shot themselves in the face. You, that, you that remember, is like one of the, that is one the of the funniest things. <laughs> you know the picture that I post and call the Twitter machine. It's the one where the guy is is bent over operating the pedals, and it's linked to a wheel behind him that has multiple boots that kick him in the ass over and over again. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Xbox's Xbox One launch. That that okay for people who might have I don't know how like generally old our listener base is or if they ever paid attention to like gaming conventions or anything like that. But the Xbox One announcement, I think, changed the course of history. I think it will go down in history as one of the biggest blunders in all of gaming forever. Yep. yep. Um, Xbox has never fully recovered from it, truthfully speaking. Uh, but consider, because, like, consider. Yeah. I, okay, I, I want you to make your point absolutely, but. Okay, I'm gonna argue they were ahead of their time, but continue. Oh no, I'm saying they were. T- yeah, I think they were too far ahead of their time. You know, yeah. I, you know, what I mean, like they were. <laughs> like a lot of the things, you know, if it was like if a lot of their stuff, you know, came out now, I think it would still they were. Well, okay, there's still things that were absolutely atrocious about that launch. For one, that fact. Oh, that they, they misread the market. TV. Yeah, like during during their video game console announcement, they most talked about the television capabilities of always it. Always online, also, the no game online. sharing, all that. Yes, yeah. no game sharing. It wasn't backwards compatible, and you could not share uh, games uh, that you owned, particularly yep. with uh, other people. If you tried, there would be a fee. The game would tell you, "Uh oh, this game has been owned or used before. Disc has been read. You can't uh, use this game." Uh, and it was bad enough when you went and bought a used game that, like, let's say the game came with a card for like, uh, like a special golden. Go- I remember uh, the the. Uh, Gears of War game, I think Gears of War 2 or 3 did mm-hmm. this, where you could get a, a golden uh, hammer burst with your with the game when you bought it, and that card mm-hmm. would still be there if you bought the game used, but the code's already been redeemed, so it's like you don't get that, yeah. that value. Right. It was bad enough, but now they're just like, you just straight up can't play a used game. Or well, the, well, they said you could, but you had to pay a fee specifically. I don't remember how yep. much it was, but they were like, "We're we want more money out of you if you try to give your friend a game or something, or if you just buy a game used." And they tried uh, to go was, back on that and say, "Like, well, you'll be able to share games because you can add their Xbox Live profile and say that you're sharing it with them, and then it won't charge them or something." Like they tried to backpedal, yeah, but it didn't work. And then PlayStation came out with that like twenty second video, like here's how you share games on PlayStation. It's just them handing. They uh, handed the key, handed in the box, and they immediately the just <laughs> they immediately just like won at that point. Like oh, it yeah. was because like I I think you know during the PS3 era, even though PS3 technically outsold Xbox at the end of its Xbox 360 at the end of its run, I think the general consensus of people was that they preferred playing on Xbox. A 360. The 360 voice chat, compared, but specifically for the, the 360 voice chat and Xbox Live and all that stuff actually absolutely yes. blew up in the West. Like the software. Yeah, the yeah. software was better on the 360 than the yes. PS3. Seventh generation. More. Microsoft had the best offering of the seventh generation. I don't care that the PlayStation yeah. 3 had a had a Blu-ray player. It didn't matter. The the the, right, the exactly. 360 was the better console. Yeah. And, and it, also, it, outs- and it, it, just, and it mostly outsold it, and then it did. But here's the thing too: you gotta break. remember too, the 360's failure rate was high too. Microsoft's never been That's good right, at the hardware right, side of this. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, uh, you had the rings of rings of death, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the E74 uh, error was was a very common one too. Yeah. I, and the fact that, but they still, but generally speaking, they still had a lot of really goodwill built up, and then they just shot themselves in the face. 
Yes. And you know what's funny about this? I, I was reading some people. So I, I read about this a long time ago and read some a bunch of like people's like takes on it. And I remember reading this, and it, it's so true that I think one of the like on top of all the horrible uh, you know problems with Xbox One. It was. It came packaged a hundred dollars more than the PS4 on yep. top of already having a really bad presentation. Yep. And it was the fact that Nintendo made Microsoft blank. They completely choked because yep. the reason it was five hundred dollars and not four hundred is because they mandatorily packaged the the Connect with the Xbox yep. One. There was no separate option for it at launch. They said this is we this is a you know part of the package and we're going to upcharge it to uh, five hundred and it didn't have to happen because, because the Wii U connect. was a failure. Yes, they they thought that they thought there was real danger in the Wii and they're like, oh my god, we have to make our Wii. We have to have the Wii. Everyone wants the wants the Wii, right? <laughs> the, the well, for one, the Connect has never been as good as the Wii. It was always no. shitty. Uh, I, I never owned it. It's actually Xbox people Connect, actually right? find it more useful to hack and use for other shit. People use Connect units in right. like scientific applications and stuff that that are really right, effective. But that's a gaming <laughs> application, but there's like a gaming application. Everyone thought, oh, I don't like. This. Yeah, the tech <laughs> is cool, but it sucks for gaming. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was just, like, it was so incredible to, like, watch this, like, gaming giant just, like, trip over themselves and, like, fall down 40 flights of stairs and break their neck live and keep on doing it. And over and over Because again. they say, they yeah. doubled down on some of that shit. They doubled down they on the always they online said, thing. Yeah, and they said, well, you know, we have the 360 uh, for, if you want, that's an offline console. Oh, man, it was, it was, it was, a, it was the don't you all, don't you guys have phones kind of moment? Phones. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was uh, really but anyway, bad. you know, the, the few remaining, like, uh, loyal, like, people they have are very upset because Xbox is going... Uh, oh, supposedly yeah. going multi-platform, and for what I, I've seen a lot of takes about this, um, people seem to be under the impression that this is an, this reduces competition, and I completely disagree. Oh yeah, this uh, is that's take. bullshit. Uh, the fact that there are like locking, uh, having an exclusive game behind a piece of hardware, um, ex- in order to sell your console, right? Um, PCs have exclusive games, but they're not exclusive to PC because, you know, PC company. This is uh, actually, this is exactly right. The Xbox has always, or at least for the last several years, Xbox has been a multi-platform publisher. Mostly. Because every game they released came out on PC too. Oh, right, right. Oh, yes, yes. But I'm just saying, like, for, like, the difference between, like, PC games. So some people will say, well, PC game, there's some exclusive PC games, but not for the same reason, right? Well, it's indies like, who, so who can't afford to make the ports until they sell enough PC copies. Like, that's right, why exactly. they're exclusive that way. Exactly. It's not like there's an official PC company, one PC company, that dictates, hey, yeah, if you make this game, you have to keep it only on PC or whatever. Exactly. Uh, well, I will say, the AMD but, sort of relationship with Bethesda for Starfield true, is kind of interesting. Well, that, is, that is true, actually. That is an interesting caveat to that. But, but, but yeah, even yeah. then, though, think about that, too. AMD makes the chips that are in the Xbox series and in the PlayStation yes. 5 and in the Steam Deck. 
Yeah. So it's not like AMD is making like like company specific hardware. They make hardware for right. everybody right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny to me because it's like if if you like if if you're buying a console, right? And PlayStation like does this infamously, right? Is that PlayStation? If you want to talk about who has like exclu- who who like leans on their exclusives the most, it's PlayStation, uh, without a doubt. Um, yes. You know, I well, because I everything they publish is is PlayStation only. It's it's God of War, right. and, and they'll they, release um, it on PC yeah. in five years when everyone who has a PlayStation already bought right. it. Exactly. Now, I do think PlayStation has better like internal PlayStation dedi- or like uh, first party studios than Xbox. Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, um, they did. Now that Xbox I, has purchased two of the largest AAA studios, that's okay. <laughs> that is actually true. My yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, because it used to be it was Naughty Dog and and like those yeah. companies and stuff floating PlayStation yeah. that that they own. Yes, <laughs> right. Um, I think, but, but the people who are saying this is anti-competitive, it's like no. It, before all that's changing is now. For one, Xbox is not going to lean on their exclusives to sell their consoles. Which, to be fair, you know, I don't know how much they really did that. I think PlayStation was winning in that regard anyway. Right. For firstly, I mean, yeah. I'm sure Halo sold consoles for them, but you know, uh, PlayStation people like you know want to play Spider Man or you know they want to play yes. God of War, or The Last of Us, or something like that, or Horizon, right? Um, it, so, but the fact that okay, if Xbox doesn't have exclusivity anymore, that means that they're actually going to have to compete on hardware specifically more, and not be have to have uh, you know um, exclusives kind of like sell the console for them, right? Right. Um, not saying that did they did do that as much as PlayStation, but the fact that they don't have that safeguard anymore, or I presumably think this is the thing too. Think, think about will, this. Yeah. I think they don't want to compete in hardware. Think about this. Xbox okay. is the Xbox brand, the Xbox sub project is a mm-hmm. tiny slice of a giant pie called Microsoft. I when, thought Xbox was making was like the third most uh, re- revenue generating thing. Well, yeah, Microsoft. sure, but third most at Microsoft oh, is not cute. Yeah, it's not. I'm not saying. It, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and and no, they're that. not making any of that money on the hardware. Hardware is mm-hmm. a loss yeah. leader for the first several years of a of a console generation. Yeah. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So you think about um, that, right? Microsoft. Where does Microsoft make money? What does Microsoft's Microsoft's sort of golden goose? is software and services. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't a software and services company that has had bad hardware launches... The 360 <laughs> was a bad hardware launch, even though it won the generation. It was a bad hardware launch. Their mm-hmm. failure rate was, rate was huge. It, it won that console generation in spite of itself. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And then the, the Xbox One happened. <laughs> And now they've got these series consoles, yeah. and a good chunk of their players are on Game Pass, on PC, or something else. Yeah. yeah. So, I think they see their future in software. Microsoft already knows how yeah. to make money with software. You know what I mean? And I think this is also probably a strategy to expand Game Pass, because um, I think there was a comment by Phil Spencer a while back that he said, Game Pass as it is right now is not sustainable. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think this is probably a, a, a trying to um, 
expand that in many ways. Also, I, I think another reason, actually, is I think something that, and what, what I mean by that, something I think that they may be trying to do here. And remember, Xbox did this with crossplay. Every the crossplay is just a, a normal thing now. But there was a time when crossplay was just unthinkable. Yes, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, I, the first I think crossplay game was actually Fortnite, and Xbox was like, "Yeah, you know, we're going to let you play with whoever." And Sony um, was a massive holdout was, on that. Sony was a holdout for years. Uh, from what I understand, Xbox wanted to do this a long time ago. They were like, "Yeah, let's let's do crossplay." Uh, and Sony was a huge holdout until they finally budged. Mm-hmm. I think this may, the, I, I think perhaps what they may also be trying to do is trying to like force the market in some way to put pressure on Sony to like not lean on their exclusive games as well. Uh, because I do think yes. Xbox does want to have this like, uh, very like pro consumer, very like, you know, uh, non exclusivity type of market. Well, they want um, to sell to software to everyone who will buy it. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's how Microsoft makes money. Is they sell software to anyone course, who yeah, will buy? Like, yeah, yeah. If, if games aren't exclusive, you can just if, if you're not buying an Xbox, you can just buy a PC and play all those games when they launch. If, right. If we can move the market in a direction. Where, Think about this experience uh, this that I just had, dude. Too. I went to my parents' mm-hmm. house for the last week or so. Okay, I was I was there. Yeah. Uh, came back on on Friday. Uh, drove back. I, I, I sat there, my parents got a new television for the living room, all right? Because my dad, they had, a, they had one that they've no. had since I was a kid. And, yeah. and it was 1080p, and it was big, and it cost a lot of money when they bought it. But it's kind of old, and it was fat, and it was, it, there, were, there were lights that it blocked, like it cast a shadow. That was, it was just annoying. So my dad went, and he got a new television. Well, this television is on the Samsung the the I think they run Tizen on their TVs with Knox. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I can't remember what what the OS is that they run, but but there's an Xbox app for it. And so I'm sitting there and I'm looking through the apps that are on this TV, and I see an Xbox app. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I said, "Self, mm-hmm. let's see, let's see." So I go to my so I go to my suitcase and I grab my my Bluetooth Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. I go back to the television. I connect the controller to the TV. Okay, we got Bluetooth controller. Okay, cool. I open up the Xbox app and I sign in. I launch yep. on the cloud gaming service. I launch the Master Chief Collection and I fire up Halo ODST. Yeah. And I start playing the game. Yeah. I'm playing Halo ODST. It's Without totally playable. No console, TV. no console. It's on a tele. It's an yeah. app on a television. Yeah, and yeah, I'm playing Halo about, ODST. A lot of um, like market trends. Sometimes they like jump the gun too early and end up failing. And a lot of people think when they see it fail, they think, "Oh, this is just a fad. Look how this went died out." It's like, no, no, no. It's not a fad. It's the future. They were just too early. I think Microsoft uh, saw no. it coming with the Xbox One. I think I think no. what Microsoft did was they they positioned the Xbox One as a TV box, not really understanding that the market was going to become no 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 the TV's the box. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the mistake yeah. they made, but they saw it coming. Also, uh, they did, uh, but also like the blunder I think was like at the time, like you know. Even back then, high-speed internet was 
more scarce than it is now. Yes. And, you know, especially having a, a strong connection that could be relied on was uh, somewhat of an ask for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, back to But I do agree. I, I think they uh, I, I think uh, they did see this coming. Yeah. My parents' Internet is not particularly reliable. And I had I, I was playing just fine. The latency wasn't oh, too bad. Good. Like okay. it was I don't know what they've done with the way that they package that information. To make it reliable on stuff, but it is. It feels great, and and it felt good on a mediocre internet connection. Okay, yeah, that's that's good to hear. I haven't missed around cloud gaming really at all, actually. Um, uh, but I'm glad to hear that it's uh, that it seems to like have improved from things I've heard about it when it yeah. first launched. Uh, I was playing uh, with my brother. The, they never released Gears of War uh, two on PC. And so the only way to play it, uh, if you don't have a 360, if you don't have the physical game, the only way to play it really is to file. Yes, to do cloud gaming on Game Pass. Mm -hmm. And my brother and I played through the game. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) you know, being able to if you have the Internet for capabilities, stream streaming games is awesome. uh, Right. Because you don't have to, like, do the download. Uh, You just stream it. And if you, if, if you have the internet for it, it's like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And I'm really glad you said there was low latency. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Because like, it wasn't one of too the, bad. It always... was, there was some, if I hit the melee button, there was a delay, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like, okay. it wasn't miserable. It was relatively easy to adapt to. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's sort of still the thing that like is immediately noticeable to me in a game um, mm-hmm. is latency. And that's kind of one thing that irks me. Uh, but if they can like iron out those issues uh, in the future, uh, even if they're like not bad now, but yeah, just iron them out even more. Uh, then yeah, I think that's going to be like for sure the future of games is just streaming them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Xbox wants to be there for that. I think, and I think they, I yeah. think they see their hardware. They, their, their hardware. The series again. The series has sold worse than the PS5 by um, what it was like 125 percent, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's not yeah, they, they no more never, than that. Hardware wise, they never recovered from the Xbox One fiasco no. ever. It, it's still uh, <laughs> bringing in Phil Spencer there. was a good move and everything, but their their reputation yeah. never came back. Yeah, and so and so I understand why Xbox fanboys are like, yeah, but the exclusives and the exclusives and all the exclusives, and it's like, yeah, but it's not the exclusives; it's Game Pass that's right. keeping them like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here's the thing: Game Pass again. Game Pass was on my parents' fucking television. Yeah. Right. What do you mean it's not multi-platform? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, outside of the fact that 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 Xbox and Windows is basically the same platform now, anyway. Yes, outside- I have Xbox Game Bar on my Windows. Yes, I, I can pull it up right now. I hit I hit Windows G, and that's how I do screen yeah, recording. Windows G. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Windows G. <laughs> That's how I do screen recording on here. I don't even mess with like I used to have to. I, I used to do it through OBS. I haven't even installed OBS. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. use Game Bar. I, I window. Yeah, it's interesting because like even though you have a PC, they consider it Xbox at this in, in in some ways because it's Windows, right? If you have yeah. a, if you have a Windows PC, it's like they include you in sort of like the Xbox family. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that's multi-platform. That's like yeah, so. This is obviously the direction they're going. I think in. the best thing for Xbox is to get that fucking Game Pass Game Pass app on the on the PS5. Yeah, no, 100%. Yes. Yeah. 
Get that shit in that app store. And I think that's what they're trying to do. I think that's 100% what they're trying to do. It's the best thing for them. That's an install base of 22 point, what, 22.4 or 5 million consoles? Yeah, right. You just bought bought massive developers. Do what? Right. If you play games a lot, the value you get from the Game Pass is is insane. Huge. Uh, You think think if they got, think about this, dude. You think if they got Game Pass on that PlayStation 5, is it not on it right now? Can you do Game Pass on the PlayStation 5? No. If you got Game Pass on the PlayStation 5, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. How many how many people are going to be playing Power World on their PS5? Oh yeah, fucking everybody. Right. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Like that's not that's not even I I am I'm, I'm 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 shocked they didn't do it sooner, honestly. Yeah. And that oh, kind yeah. of install base is what's going to make Game Pass something that I think I I agree with you. They're hanging everything on Game Pass. And it needs yes. to it needs to become sustainable. Yeah. And it will be. I think it will be if their install base gets large enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But they're uh, just too so limited is, right uh, now. The people acting like this is like a horrible move, uh, I think just don't understand what Microsoft is doing here. Uh or like they're <laughs> Or they're, like, super into brand loyalty, and they really just want to, like, show up PlayStation with exclusives, which is yeah. just kind of, like, uh, dumb. I don't know. I, I just It, it is dumb. Super I don't dumb. The, the, the whole exclusivity thing, I will be happy the day exclusivity just ends, to be honest. it's I think it's just, it's it's bad. Here's I don't what's like going to happen. The PlayStation, the PlayStation version of Game Pass, they have one. I forget what it's called. The, the, I mean, they have... They have PlayStation Plus, but I, that's not exactly the same thing as Game Pass. Right, um, but you can get games on it that are on the service and, and play them, and they have a cloud yeah. platform, I think. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but their selection is, like, very limited, and yes. it's uh, it changes monthly, uh, yes. which games you can, yeah. But I think what's going to happen is that they're going to end up building that out, and hmm. eventually, this is the way that I see it going, eventually... Your quote-unquote game console, if you have one at all, again, I played Halo on my parents' TV, oh, TV. with no, yeah. no console attached anywhere. Yeah. Um, yep. it's, it was just a TV. Uh, and it actually sounded really good. They have a surround sound system, and it, it was actually oh, a really awesome. good experience. But anyway, um, I, I see it as, if you have a set-top box, it's just a computer. And all it does is run yeah. the Xbox app and the PlayStation app and the, you know what I mean? And that's how you right. play games now. Yeah. Whether they're downloaded locally or over the cloud, either way, but that's how it's, that's what's going to happen. That's how it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. You never, you don't see this with PCs where like, you know, the, whatever company, like con- if you buy a PC pre-built, whatever company like constructs your PC, it's like, well, I'm only going to play Alienware games. <laughs> Yeah. Or something like that. I'm really invested in Alienware exclusive PC games. Like, get out of here. What are you, freak? Get like, <laughs> shut up. And if you're running it over the cloud, dude, those apps are just in the TV. You don't need right. a set-top box at all. You're just going to have your PlayStation yeah, exactly. app and your Xbox app, and you play, want to play a PlayStation game, fire up the app. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's funny to think about the Stadia now. It's like, it, it wasn't forward-thinking enough. Yep. Ahead of its time. Also ahead of its yeah. time. 
Yeah, too early. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. But they did that with the the the. I think part of that mistake was hinging it on Chrome on the on the uh, the the little the little yeah. Chrome puck. I forget what it was called. Uh, Chromecast. Mm-hmm. Hinging it on the Chromecast was because at that at, at this point. Uh, casting is just built into TVs. The tech is pretty much everywhere. It's not specifically a Chromecast anymore. It's just Wi-Fi direct video. Yeah. So they're yeah. like the way that they're, I think that the, the there was an interesting little sort of gap that the, the Chromecast filled there for a little bit when, mm-hmm. when set top boxes were sort of falling by the wayside. Now everything's a little thing that you plug into the TV. I still use Roku's everywhere. Cause I hate smart TVs and I disconnect them from the internet as soon as I get them. But, uh, <laughs> but, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. The, the mm-hmm. most people now are just using the app. that's in the TV. Yeah. They're not using a separate set top box anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so why, so that, just like that, the, the, the whole the, that whole game the whole gaming ecosystem is just going to move to the TV if you're like a console controller player. Yeah. And I, and I think PlayStation's behind the curve on that. I think Xbox sees it yeah, coming. Yes. I think they saw it coming. Oh, 100%. Uh, PlayStation I think is completely propped up by their exclusives, truthfully. I think yes. I I think a large amount is their exclusives. Um, so I don't think they're going to want immediately like want to surrender that unless they just change course because there was that in the um, Insomniac leak um, um, that happened that big huge massive leak uh, there were internal talks uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure between who Insomniac or Sony but definitely Sony was involved and they basically said they they're worried about losing to Xbox long term. Uh, like big time. Uh huh. Um, so I think I think they know, uh, like deep down that uh, that like their like um, kind of like market model is not sustainable either. Like the hinging on the exclusives when it's like, yeah, you have exclusives, but look at the value proposition I get from Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not just that either. Yeah. Look at what happened with. Okay, they've already seen the benefit. They have already seen the benefit of um of releasing multi-platform because when spider-man i'm looking at steam charts right now yeah spider-man came out okay Mm -hmm. when spider-man came out on steam they had an all-time peak concurrent player uh uh peak concurrent player count of sixty-six thousand people on steam yeah 66,000 yeah. people were playing that game. It sold for full price on PC, right? It was it was uh it was a yeah. $60 game, right? Yeah. Um and, uh, and so that is let's 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 do quick maths on that. That's uh 66k times 60. I should be able to do it in my head, but I can't. That's uh four million dollars. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now some chunk of that goes to Steam, of course, but they sold four yeah. million dollars worth of games. That's and that's just the concurrent players. That's not all everyone who bought it. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they know the value of multiplat. 
because they they yeah. know they know that they waited years to release this game and they released it on PC. They waited years to release it on PC, years after it had already been on Xbox or on uh, on PlayStation. Yeah. And they had a concurrent player count of 66k. And um yeah, I think in that Insomniac leak in the one of the memos, they talked about like how they fully want to lean into like PC uh um PC support. So I, I think in the future we're gonna see PC uh like I think we're gonna see PlayStation exclusives released on PC in probably a shorter time window than they have in the past even. Because um, I think they sort of realize that they're they're at saturation and so it's like uh-huh. no one's buying a PlayStation for a game. I think the last time that prop, yeah. yeah, if they're if they're gonna do it, they already bought it for Spider Man or for God of War or right. whatever it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they can't. Um, they're not moving consoles with software anymore. So now they'll they can, they'll be able to afford to shorten up that time window a little more. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And also, you know, because they're you know selling their games on PC, they're basically putting them on xbox anyway because right. you know as we were saying like the pc is you know microsoft uh pcs they're basically xboxes PC uh, is you xbox. know yeah so and if i like want to on my wi-fi that. if they release it on steam i can take my xbox controller connect it to my tablet and go sit in the living room and play spider-man yeah. streaming from my pc to my tablet in the living room yeah right like, like this is the, yeah. the the I mean the idea of multi-platform has changed, and I think people don't really recognize it because that's right, exactly. that's multi-platform as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can plug a I can plug a computer into my TV. I have plug a computer into my TV and just stream a game from my my bigger computer. But I want to be in the living room. Okay, well I can just sit in the right. living room and play it. Right. <laughs> The, the the idea of multi-platform is, is there's not just one way that you can sit in front of your TV and play a video game anymore. Right. And all the people talking about how this is going to, you know, be anti-competition. It's like, do, do you know how many, like, companies construct and build PCs? It, it, it's not like, you know, they don't oh, yeah. have exclusive games and they keep doing it. Yeah, they keep, like the hardware manufacturers don't lean on exclusivity of video games to sell their hardware, but yet they keep competing on hardware. Funny how that works. Yeah, you know, even if you lose Xbox as as hardware, Xbox is not going anywhere as yeah. a game publisher no. or, or as a brand. I mean, it's, yeah, it's no. it is Xbox is here to stay. Xbox is what Windows is leaning on, or what Microsoft is and leaning Microsoft, on for gaming on Microsoft, Windows. Yeah, Microsoft won't let it fail. No, you know what I mean. And like, it wouldn't even if anyway. it was a loss leader, yeah, yeah. Even if it was a loss leader, Microsoft would be like, "Yep, nope, we're we're keeping this propped up for us." Yeah, it was a loss leader when the original Xbox it came was. out. Hardware, yeah, 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 yeah. And they couldn't break into the Japanese market either. They tried yeah. so goddamn hard, and never did. <laughs> yeah, but just like that, the the I, I truly I think the idea of I think Sony, Nintendo's different. Nintendo is different because Nintendo is competing on not quote-unquote exclusive games, but Nintendo competes on weird-ass hardware Mm -hmm. and on characters, right? IP. Yes. And very unique types of games that are not being made by any other uh, publisher, really. Exactly. Uh, 
uh, yeah, well, you know, maybe with the existence of Power World is, uh, you know, kind of a wrinkle in that. But, uh, you know, uh, Nintendo makes a specific type of game for a very specific, uh, like, subset of players. And they have a very loyal player base to that because they cater specifically to that player base and they don't try to expand to other areas most of the time. They are selling one, they are, by and large, and this is not true for things like Zelda, right, which have changed over time and stuff like that, but by and Mm -hmm. large, they've been selling one type of game to one type of gamer since the 1980s. (laughs) I mean, I think, like, Nintendo games, like, I, I think the amount of, like, fun like casual play you can get from nintendo games uh are Great. probably higher than most other games on nothing other competes with mario kart nothing competes with mario right. kart right exactly and i i think nintendo has that type of loyal fan base where it's just like not really necessary for them to like think about like expanding these uh to other platforms because that, that like for I think more so than Xbox and even PlayStation to some extent, and PlayStation is famous for their exclusives. I think Nintendo sees their games and their consoles as one thing. Yes, uh, it's all it's one. Like, it's all one thing. Yeah, yeah. All so one that, operation. Sort of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and they also do things that Nintendo has the kind of power. Look, Nintendo single handedly legitimized portable gaming. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think Nintendo makes their consoles for their games. Yes. Rather than the other way around. Yes, it's a package. Yes. Meanwhile, you can run God of War on anything that can run it. Right, exactly. But, and you could do the same thing. You can emulate the Switch and run what you want on it, but but it's not the There's Switch. There's a certain vibe, right? There's a certain vibe that Nintendo is going for that can't be replicated by emulators. Yes. Um. Yeah. That's exactly right, and you have the think you have the thing like like again they they have the kind of power where they are so thoughtful about the hardware they make, just like that they single handedly legitimized portable console gaming. Meanwhile, the PSP okay. had been out already. The PS Vita had been out already. Man. I remember my PSP. Uh, oh man, I still have mine. Yeah, I'm running yeah. homebrew I- software on it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I miss my Game Boy. I don't know whatever happened to that. It's probably in storage somewhere. Yeah. My Game Boy uh, Advanced. Uh, that was a Dude, good I console. had a Game Boy Advance SP. I had the red one. Yeah, I had a red one too. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> but just like that, there's no you 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 can't like you can't really compare Nintendo, I don't think in that way. Where where Xbox and Sony are directly no. comparable. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Nintendo is its own thing, and they're comfortable being their own thing, uh, and they're not trying to compete with Xbox. I mean, they are technically competing on the market, but you know what I mean. They're not. It's not like they're really competing with Xbox or PlayStation. They're like, they're over there in the corner. They're like, hey, we have our own thing. We're doing this. Come over and play. Yeah, yeah. everybody, everybody who buys an Xbox or a PlayStation also uh-huh. has a switch like right. like you yes. don't they're <laughs> yes, not a, they're not like it's not like you're making a choice you're gonna get the switch anyway the choice right. is on the other on is it between xbox or playstation exactly yeah yep that's a great way to put it yeah but in any case yeah I, I, people were very upset about that i don't understand why i think it makes perfect sense for them to be software primary and and just yeah. be a publisher and it's just much more pro-consumer 
to have uh, like non exclusivity, uh, where like your game is not locked behind a piece of hardware. Uh, nice. Especially since the hardware matters less now than it ever has. I played Halo on a right. Samsung television. Uh, yeah. The hardware doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> the future is now, old man. <laughs> Honestly, that was that really was a thing that it changed my view on this stuff. Yeah. The fact that I was able to do that. Just turn on just open up Xbox on a television and start playing Halo. It really did. It changed the way that I see this whole market mm-hmm. yeah because it's because that's where it's headed that's it's over the hardware game is over yeah um did you want to move on to talk about uh okay so here's a here's a little thing i saw a video mm-hmm. that released the idf put out videos about they went into the unrwa is an organization that as soon as the ICJ... Oh, we didn't talk about the ICJ either. Fuck! Okay, so the ICJ... <laughs> um, had a ruling that, that basically said that it is probable that there is a genocide happening in Gaza, and we have these demands to make of Israel, and you gotta come back to court next month. Basically was what they said. It's sometime in March, Israel has to go back to court. Um, I, uh, Israel's obviously going to ignore this, right? They don't care. But... um. At the same on the same day that that ICJ ruling came out, um, the the UNRWA was accused of having Hamas agents among among its ranks, and the United States and several other countries cut funding entirely to the UNRWA. Okay, so Israel Israel's wanted the UNRWA gone for a long time, and it seems like they're going to get it because they just released videos yesterday. Where they claim that the UNRWA headquarters in North Gaza, which the UNRWA uh, abandoned in October, like October 30th, I think, um, had a Hamas data center in tunnels under it. Okay. Uh, All right. They released video where they were in a tunnel with servers around them, and then they went into another room and there were... uh, there was Cat5 cable, <clears throat> or Cat6 cable, I don't know. But it had been cut, like the servers had been just, like they just cut the cable from the ceiling and then just taken the server out with all the cables still, all the little pigtails now still hanging out of the back mm-hmm. of it. They claim that that's what had happened, that they had just cut the cables and run, basically, with the servers. And then there were still some servers okay. still there and stuff like that, but they released these videos. I personally, like, look man, you can prop up some server cabinets in a tunnel. And tell me it's a it's a server yeah. farm. I I don't necessarily believe it. And also, did they show that it was the, the, on the video? Did they show that it was the the headquarters no. uh, that they were talking about? Of course no. not. Oh, they so just, they just, said oh, that's oh, where they were. There. So, oh, okay. So it's just their claim. Okay. Well, they leveled yeah, the place. Uh, I mean, there's no way to tell. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I don't look. I don't believe anything the IDF says. I'm not right. saying I think UNRWA well, is like this wonderful, huge, or beautiful organization that does only good things. I'm not saying that. I don't know. I don't know UNRWA from Adam, but right. I do know the IDF lies, so I I'm I'm unconvinced. Yeah. You should always be skeptical of people who have a vested interest in eliminating one or two like groups, and then they get the cause to do so, and they're like, "Oh, okay, 
fantastic. Great. Yeah. yeah, this is totally what we need to, you know, uh, strengthen our position or, you know, you know, expand in some way or demonize this group so we can go murder them. Uh, yeah, it's always good to be suspicious of, of that type of rhetoric or the, just the people who like hmm, suspicious. The people we wanted to take out all along are actually really bad people. What do you know? What are the chances? You know, and again, they may be very bad people, but still, you should be skeptical of, uh, you know, the other side in how they like demonize uh, people. Right. I, I, I this is one of the things that I'm. Just look at okay. We know that Israel's hated this organization forever, right? The the guy that ran, um, the guy that was running the the organization or was in a, a leadership position. I don't know what exact uh, role was, but he went on Twitter and he said he posted several points and he said like, first of all, we abandoned this place in October, so anything that's been going on there since we don't know about. Secondly, uh, we never suspected that there was any activity in tunnels under us, but anytime we had to, like felt like there was something that needed to be um, reported, we reported it to both Hamas and Israel. And we have a history of reporting activity to Hamas and Israel when there's, when it seems like there's something going on around our, our headquarters. And they, so he runs down all these points basically saying like, and if they were running a server farm in the tunnels under you and RWA, we wouldn't necessarily know about that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we we supply power to a lot of people. Like so so there's really no we we really wouldn't necessarily see that. Right. Um and so there's there were people, you know, retweeted saying just like the uh, like the, this dude says they had no idea. I don't believe it. I don't believe the fucking thing exists in the first place. I mean, honestly, right. but but even if let's say it does, let's say that Israel actually did go into a tunnel under what was the Unrage HQ. It's flat now. But Let's say they did go in there and find all these servers and stuff like that. I don't know that those are Hamas servers. Are right. you going to dump the data for me and prove it? Yeah. When, when the uh, country that has said that um, anyone in proximity of Hamas is Hamas, I don't exactly trust their uh, verification of something being Hamas. That's uh, part of the problem is that these people control, have been like, yeah, know? all the women and children are Hamas, too. And it's like, OK, yes. well, then everything there is Hamas to you. Right. If yeah. someone has a laptop, if some freaking eleven-year-old is doing homework on a laptop, that's a Hamas agent doing work on a Hamas laptop to you. Right. right exactly. The floors are Hamas. The walls are Hamas. Everything <laughs> is Hamas down here. He's <laughs> mine. So I don't believe it. I can't believe it because I don't think yeah. the IDF is trustworthy. Right. Yeah. Now, like I said, I don't know Unruh from Adam, but I don't care. It's like I'm not going to listen to some like uh, leftist like college student who thinks like everything is a Nazi uh, give right. like uh, scream Nazi. It's like, well, you know, maybe he is a legitimate Nazi or the person they're screaming about. Maybe they are a legitimate Nazi, but I don't I don't trust you. I can't take your word for it. Yeah. Right. That's exactly how I see this thing. But no, man, this is this is just all the proof that, that a lot of people need, man. Just looking at the comments on stuff. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we fucking knew it. Fuck these guys. They fucking unrun. And all this other stuff. I'm just like, ugh. Uh, Jesus. Fucking unthinking. Yeah. I, it just, it, it was, seeing the comments on it just really bummed me out. Because it's like, man, you it's fucking... Like- I wonder if it'll turn out to be a situation uh, like when they found uh, those old um, 
those old weapons uh, that uh, Saddam had supposedly owned. And they're like, oh, oh, I told you, we found those weapons of mass destruction. Uh, they were there all along, and they were U.S. weapons that they had given to Saddam. <laughs> And we're just That's like exactly buried right. in the buried in the sand somewhere inoperable. <laughs> it's just That is exactly right. Man, I, I the the fact that they have been that they have successfully memory hold the ICJ ruling and it just fucking happened last week. The fact that they have successfully memory hold that and covered it up with Unruh stuff is baffling to me. Absolutely baffling to me. The ICJ comes out and says, "Yeah, there's a probable Holocaust happening. This is this is a probable genocide that's being that's being done, and uh, nobody gives a fuck because some UN organization, oh, look, server room. yeah, because server room, because because some because Israel claims that some UN organization had twelve fucking dudes who had some relation to Hamas. Information that they got uh, through torture." Which doesn't help its reliability. Yeah, always, super, always super reliable uh, way to get information. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I can't. I, I just. I. I have such a hard time taking it seriously. I have such a hard time taking people seriously who they see something like that and their 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 initial their first response is like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah, Israel's right, always right." I'm like, uh, "You fucking I, morons." Yeah. These see now. Look. Um. I, this is gonna see, seem very uh, hyperbolic. And I, I'm not saying uh, I, I trust our audience enough to understand what I'm about to say. Uh, these types of people, and by types of people, I mean the people who are just like will believe anything their leaders tell them. Yeah. Uh, are the exact same people in 1930s Germany who would have been like, "Yeah, let's go." You yes, know? exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, yeah. They're the exact same people, and it like when people ask, "Well, how could Hitler ever, you know, rise to power?" It's like, how, I, I, "Have you I, have you interacted with human beings before? <laughs> I, like, are, are you, like, like, do you live under a rock? Like, what the fuck? How, could, how with, could anyone have let Hitler do what he was doing? Uh, how is Israel like, doing it now?" Not- yeah, like um, uh, states commit genocide all the time uh, with sounds of roaring applause uh, from their subjects. Like this is not new, uh, or it's just that nobody cares. Nobody was talking about fucking no what cares. happened in Nagorno-Karabakh. Uh, what was it? Five months ago? Now six months ago? Nobody was talking about that fucking Azerbaijan. They fucking uh, the Armenians were ethnically cleansed out of that region of Azerbaijan. It was a forced march. Most people, I'll give some people the benefit of the doubt that they just don't know, and that's totally fair. Uh, but I do agree at the, you know at the very worst, or at the very least, I should say, uh, outside of that uh, possibility, they don't care, and oftentimes they'll support it if it's draped in some type of like patriotic baggage or garbage yes. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Or if you call them an anti-Semite, if they don't agree. Right, you're an anti anti semite if you don't think Israel should blow this kid up. Yes, uh, you exactly. know that's our stand. <laughs> if you think it's a bad thing that Israel was shooting its own its own hostages, the people who were who were trying to escape Gaza, yelling at yelling at the IDF in Hebrew, carrying a white flag, and Israel yeah. just blew them away. You think that's a bad thing? Well, you're an anti semite. Right. Clearly. 
Jesus. I, I, it's, it is the most frustrating thing. And that people see a video. It's a video of a cave. Not a cave. It's a tunnel complex. It's a video of a tunnel with some servers in it. That's all I saw. I right. didn't see any proof that this was at all linked to, to Hamas. I didn't yeah. see you dump any data out of them and, and make that public to prove it. I didn't see, I, I didn't see anything. Anything. That yeah, made me think also, anything you, other than you found some servers under a building. Congratulations. Prove they're Hamas. We to, yeah, even if we were to steal man this, even if we were to grant them everything they're saying, what does this have to do with the ongoing genocide that's being committed? <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Like, yeah, does that make it okay to kill the what? kids? I'm confused. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's an excellent point. Even if they're totally right. right and UNRWA's Hamas up to its gills, that still doesn't make it okay yeah. to kill the kids. <laughs> Even if they had Hamas graffiti all over the walls, I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't care. You're right. It's a huge fucking distraction. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, do you remember the other day not the other day. This was about a week ago now. Tucker Carlson got on a plane to Russia. Yes. And everybody freaked. Everybody lost their goddamn minds. Yeah. Because they were all, they were all, everyone was freaking the fuck out. Because everyone knew Tucker's going to talk to fucking Putin. Holy uh-huh. shit. And so this, like, the State Department was losing their goddamn minds over this. <laughs> and by the way, I've seen some people covering this before we talk, before we talk about the interview. Uh, did you watch the interview? Um, I watched pieces of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched, uh, I watched it top to bottom. It was very interesting. Um, but, okay. but the way, that, the, the way that people were responding to this, there was somebody, I saw somebody tweet, uh, this is, I think, reflective of a certain portion of the population who's just like Tucker's going to talk to a, a, a world leader while 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 at war um and this is this is treason or something and I'm like oh is God. is is the United States at war with Russia? Yeah right <laughs> I know I know Ukraine is and I know that Ukraine is a client state of the United States and I know that Ukraine is using American weapons and uh and uh, and training and stuff to fight in Russia, or to fight in Ukraine, but uh, to fight Russians, but is the United States at war with Russia? Right. And, and would it even be treason even if it was, technically? Like, would that be giving aid uh, by having it, like... Having a journalist interview? go talk to someone? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting take, but I do think it reflects the way some people think about this. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But they went and did that interview. What, what did you see of it? What did you think was interesting about that interview? Um, well, I, I, I saw the thing that was, well, there were a couple things. I, uh, first off was, was the meme when he's like looking back at like talking about the history of uh, Ukraine and everything. He's like, oh, let me just give you a history of background. Everyone memes that. I, I thought that oh, was, it was like hilarious. very, very funny. It was um, very I, I interesting. I also saw when he brought up uh, uh, Tucker Carlson trying to join the CIA and like kind of like a little jab like that. The organization uh, you wanted that, to be a part of. <laughs> right, yeah, just threw that in there. Just like, yeah, just little bits like that. Little bits like that. Um, 
I haven't watched the whole thing, so I you probably listened to much more of it than I have. Um, but I, I was planning to. I just got real busy. I was on the road, so I didn't have anything else to do. I just listened to the whole thing. Um, ah, okay. I was, but it was it was very interesting. You're, it, it's the bit where he starts talking about the history, and it's interesting because Tucker mm-hmm. begins the his little introduction piece uh, at the beginning, where before it cuts to the actual interview itself, he's standing in front of the Kremlin, and he says. Uh, he says he began, he starts describing the way that Putin began with a, a, a rundown of history going way far back. And <laughs> Tucker said, we thought this might have been a filibustering technique, but as he continued, we became convinced that he was being sincere, that this is history he actually cares about and thinks really matters. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, the historical context is entirely what all this stuff hinges on. This is one of the things that I thought was really interesting is he does all that history rundown. Basically, in order to make the case, to make the argument that Russia's claim to Ukraine, at least eastern Ukraine, is the same as Israel's claim to greater Israel, including Gaza, the West Bank, Mm -hmm. and all that, and the Sinai and all that. That's tactically smart to frame it like that, uh, because um, if he can make that case persuasively... Uh, it will put uh, people in a very awkward position where it's like, well, I don't. If I reject this state's claim to this land, why do I have do I have any good reason to like accept it for another? You right. know, it, it puts people in a very awkward position. So that's very tactically smart. It was incredibly smart. He didn't draw the he didn't draw the parallel directly, and I think it's because he doesn't want to be seen as legitimizing legitimizing Israel's claim to greater Israel. Right. But yeah. he made the same argument. And I thought that was I thought that was really an interesting way to frame it. To frame the whole thing. And then he also, of course, talked about the fact that they were uh and this is I thought uh, he <clears throat> if you listen to Scott Horton recently released onto the podcast feed his uh, talk from, I think it was, was it Porkfest 2023? Um, it was, I can look at it right now, uh, Scott's speech from, yeah, Porkfest 2023, about how the United States has provoked Russia since, uh, oh, yeah, yep, since yep. George W. Bush, basically. George H.W. Bush. Yeah. The, the, the senior, the older. And the, the, the sort of rundown of it was that, like, the United States uh, and, and NATO had basically promised that they weren't going to expand NATO eastward. It was never put down on paper. It was never put into a treaty. And, but it was, it was the, the conversations were being had in that context. And then immediately they went back on it as soon as they possibly could. Um, they had told, uh, and, and there's there's verification for this in the in the National Archives, apparently, according to Scott. Um, they had told Russia that what we want to do is form a new security alliance that includes Russia and Eastern Europe, and Western Europe and the U.S. and 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 mm-hmm. and have a big security alliance that we can all work together with. Um, that never happened. That was a lie. Supposedly, they had told that to Yeltsin, I believe, but um. Yeah, so so th- there's there's all this stuff that the U.S. has done, and, and Putin runs down that stuff, and then he talks about the Maidan, the 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 2014 coup in in Ukraine, yeah. where the United States installed a puppet regime, and 
This is rel- this is pretty uncontroversial. I don't know how anyone thinks that the U.S. wasn't running a client state in Ukraine since 2014 when we have the fucking audio of the fuck the EU call where Victoria yeah, Newland right. is sitting there deciding who's going to run the country. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it seems pretty clear cut, right? Like, as you said, that call, everyone can just go listen to that call. I remember that call being a big deal at the time uh, when it got leaked. It was a big deal uh, in conservative and circles. About it. And it got... Yeah, yeah, and he got memory hold very quickly. Yeah. Uh, but they're talking about who they can get to sign off on it. Yeah, we can get it signed off on by the UN and fuck what the EU thinks. That was the whole thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So yeah, the, that's that was what basically what the conversation was about, and it was and it was basically Tucker picking picking uh, Putin's brain, and somebody framed it. Interestingly, somebody framed it as like. Tucker was trying to, you know, make it frame it as if Putin had been provoked and Putin just said, no, no, this is just an imperialism. We just want Eastern Ukraine back. Um, mm-hmm. That's not really what what happened, because Putin did talk about how Russia was put in a position where it had to act um, as a result of things that the West had been doing since George H.W. Bush. Like, that was not really um, I, I didn't think that that was like hidden. Mm-hmm. In the interview, and it lines up with things that Scott's been saying for years. Which, of course, the the response from from people who disagree would be like, "That's because Scott because Scott's a fucking Russian agent too." That's fucking yeah, fine. right. Whatever. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think Boone like goes on like four chan forums as like a history poster? Like yeah. he's just autistically obsessed with like Russian history. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like, <laughs> that's what it struck me as when it's like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, when, when he went into this, like, history uh, of the place, I'm like, you know what? I have, like, four mutuals I know that could be Putin's, like, sock account. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was one of the interesting things. There were a lot of people who were out there like sucking Putin's dick over the whole thing too. But it's like, oh yeah, there's no and that yeah that thing just irritates me too because uh, it's like it's like people have such a tribal mentality that if if one side um, like like if the people you don't like don't like someone, the immediate knee jerk reaction is just to side with them. Where yeah. it's like, no, this person can be bad. The people you don't like, they can be correct in not liking this guy. Uh, just because you don't like them, that doesn't make them correct in their overall, you know, uh, proposal or what they want to see happen. Uh, but it means that you know, at least I mean, they might have an accurate representation of someone for the wrong reason, maybe. Yeah. But still, uh, you know, uh, you know, the blind squirrel finds a nut, um, sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, this immediate like you know rushing to defend Putin, you know, uh, it's like, uh, yeah. They also, one of the other topics that came up a lot during the interview was the idea of the denazification thing. That the United okay. States and Zelensky had been utilizing Nazis in eastern Ukraine to fight the separatists in the Donbass, which, which is true. That's where, yes. Azov, that's where Azov came from. That's why you had all these glowing reviews of who Azov was um, when they were, when it was, <clears throat> when it was the United States telling 
uh, Zelensky to use these forces to fight in, in eastern Ukraine before the war with Russia broke out. There were all these thinky pieces about how Azov was Nazis. And then as soon as, as Russia got involved, as soon as Russia uh, uh, invaded, entered into the conflict, uh, all those thinky pieces suddenly became Azov is heroes. And it right. was... I mean, you, uh, when the UN did their like Women's Day posts for like uh, uh, female fighters in Ukraine, they quickly like deleted it because one of them had a Sonnenrad. Yes! Uh, <laughs> exactly! <laughs> like, oopsie! Well, that's embarrassing for them. Uh, you know, uh, just just pretend pretend you didn't see that, everyone. Yeah, let's, uh, let's pretend just, that didn't uh, happen. Clear minds, yeah, clear fresh minds. Let's just let's <laughs> let's get back to business. Now. Everybody, I'd like to request that you memory hole that real quick, and we can move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would like the jury to forget what was just said. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> It's like an objection. The jury should disregard what was just said. They're not going to forget that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But the Tucker Putin interview is very, very interesting. It is. It is. It is a fascinating interview. I recommend people go watch it. But, um, of course, watching it, understanding that Putin has an agenda, too, here. He's not. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's, it's like the IDF stuff. It's like, yeah, Putin's. I trust. Here's the thing. I trust Scott's analysis of stuff like this in part because every time I've ever read anything Scott Horton wrote, the footnotes were there. Right, right. Scott doesn't just go off half-cocked. Eh, he, he's been wrong a couple of times, but he doesn't go off half-cocked and, and say make claims without footnotes, especially mm-hmm. in his books. Right. So, so the, the, I, I, I trust that more than I trust a Putin interview. Yeah, but I will say that the stuff that Putin talked about, a lot of it was the same stuff that Scott has the footnotes for. So, um, so so it's one of those, you know. And again, people will just say, that's because that's because Scott's a, a Kremlin puppet. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, it's just the same. Like this is just so tiring, you know. Like you can even like you can think Scott Horn is wrong on certain issues, and maybe you know you know that type of stuff. But the idea that anyone who talks about the motivating reasons behind like a war or like uh, someone's act or like a state leader's actions or something like that. Uh, that is not the same thing as support. This is the same old shit about like, well, if you, if you, you know, uh, care about what Osama bin Laden said, or his reasons for nine 11, that just makes you an Islamic, you know, sympathizer or right. something some, some shit like that. Right. Yes. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just stupid. It, it's bullshit. It, it's not, it's not at all like actually addressing what's happening. Well, the other right? thing too, is that the fundamental claim is that when Scott makes a claim that's footnoted, the footnote takes you to a fucking, New York Times piece from 1998 when, is the New York Times in 1998 a Kremlin puppet too? Right, yeah exactly, yeah, yeah (laughs) What are you, what is the actual argument here? Oh, there isn't one. This is just a moaning. That's all, that's all it is, right? I I mean, truthfully, that's all most people do, is they're just emoting right, it's the same thing as like saying ow, it's not a statement, it's not an argument, they're just like, you know they're just emoting Oh wow. That was that was that might be 
I know that came out really, really easy, and that was like not even a big deal. That might be one of the coldest things you've ever said. It's like saying <laughs> "ow." <laughs> oh, shit. yeah, yeah. I, it's like <laughs> there's not an argument. It's it's like, and I this might seem reductive, and I'm sure these people, you know, uh, probably feel very strongly about their beliefs. But I, I do think it's pro. It is closer to some like, uh, you know, uh, stimuli it's that a they're reacting to. Yeah, yeah, it's a reflex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that was cold as fuck, dude. <laughs> it's like saying "ow." There's no thought to yeah. it. There's nothing behind. It. No. Oh man. <laughs> oh wow. That was really fucking cold. I don't know why, but that hit me in a way that was just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, I agree with you. I, I, I think, I think there is nothing really behind it because again, when Scott makes a claim and the footnote takes you to the New York times in 1998, it's like, I, I don't, I, I fail to see how, how you can make the argument that the New York times in 1998 was a Putin agent. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or even if it was, I'd like to see them make the case for it. Oh, you yeah, know? sure. Uh- Exactly. That's why Provoke needs to come out, though, because mm-hmm. Scott needs needs those pages of footnotes. He needs them because when he's when he's up there making yeah. making claims and stuff like at the pork fest speech and stuff, and he doesn't have at the bottom of the page a bunch of fucking footnotes, people doubt it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But it'll happen. Um, take your time, Scott. <laughs> he said he said it was over two thousand pages. He's like, I got to cut it by half. <laughs> okay best of luck with everything going on in gaza and just yeah um was there anything else on that that you wanted to hit uh not on that particular topic no i did well i did like the thing you sent me yeah (laughs) uh... (laughs) that was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll read this if you want yeah go Um... go for it it, it, this is uh, like spoofing on the interview uh, and this would be like Tucker asking this first question okay but what does that have to do with Gandalf sending a hobbit into Mordor and this would be Putin responding I'm just coming to that you said you wanted a serious conversation not a talk show you see in the beginning all of creation of Iluvatar the Einar uh, sang harmoniously but not Melkor <laughs> this is a very this is a very uh, deep lore moment uh, he's obviously referencing the Silmarillion. Yes. Uh, <laughs> deep, deep Lord of the Rings lore. Deep lore, yeah, for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was really, really funny. I knew you'd appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for sending. <laughs> but not Melkor. <laughs> but not Melkor. <laughs> it was kind of like that. He talked about how Ukraine was formed. He went, he went way back. He talked about the Rus and the way that the uh, it was just it was a, it was interesting as a as a as a historical thing. And there was there were people who were saying like, man, this dude knows so much about it. I was like, he obviously prepped that because right. he's, what he's trying to do is make the historical case in the same way that the Israelis yeah. do. In the same way that the Zionists try and make that same historical case, that's all he's doing. It was this was obviously prepped. It's not like I don't I don't think that I think Putin probably knows history off the top of his head in the same way a lot of smart statesmen know history off the top of their head. Yeah. But to go through all of that, like, yeah, he had to go back and prep. 
And uh, <laughs> it turns out, it turns out you can be a bad guy and intelligent. You know, yeah. who knew? Yeah, absolutely. And you can also, you know, look over your notes before you go to an interview. Right. Yeah. You can also read it turns out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's not like he's sitting there just autistically going through all this stuff. Like it's always rattling around in his head all the time. It's like he had dates and stuff that, yeah, he probably looked at his right. notes. <laughs> like it was, it was, a. It, I, people were responding so strangely to it. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't again everybody here has an agenda. We can't ignore that fact, but where the stuff that he was saying is is known and where it's uh it's it's confirmed and stuff that I, I it was very very interesting as a conversation. Yeah. I a thought fact, it was cool. a fact is a fact even if the person stating the fact has an has some type of motivation for saying the fact. Yes, exactly. Outside the, the the statement of truth in itself. Yes, the fact remains. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of facts that remain, um, <laughs> fucking Biden lost his goddamn mind. Do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? <laughs> well, uh, we can start off. Oh, uh, we can start off with apparently, uh, LCC is the president of Mexico. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I saw this. <laughs> That's just one of the funnier things to come out of his little tantrum that he threw in front of the press the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Saying that LCC is the president of Mexico. The more interesting thing out of that that I thought was, <laughs> I sent that Lady Jane sent back LCC, <laughs> like the yes, yes in Spanish. <laughs> it was very funny. But, um,. The, the 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 more interesting thing that I thought about is right before he says that he says that Israel's actions in Gaza have been uh, I can't remember the word that he used over the top I think right? over the top that's the phrase he used yeah I think the Biden White House is trying to publicly distance themselves yeah. from the Netanyahu administration right even though that they were you know very much supportive of it prior they're like oof this is going to look bad on us when it it turns sour and i mean you know from my perspective it turns sour immediately but you know i think even for them it's like ooh, this is uh this is not not looking great and and not just then but you also have i mean the people who actually care about that kind of shit are on the left Mm-hmm. The more that Biden aligns himself with the Likudniks, the more the more that his own party doesn't like him. Right, exactly. Yep, yep. Because the people on the right yep. don't give a fuck. They either weren't going to vote for him in the first place if they do care about the genocide in Gaza, or they're on the side of the genocide in Gaza. So the people on the right, right. aren't a concern. It's the people on the left who give a shit about this topic, who are oh, forming oh, kind yeah. of a splinter faction of people who fucking hate Biden for his support of the Likudniks. Yeah, I I know. Um, I follow a couple like leftists, not not like you know sock dems or anything like that. Actual leftists on on, on Twitter, uh, they hate Biden. Like they genuinely like despise oh, yeah. him. Uh, and, and I mean that shouldn't be surprising to any of the listeners, but it's just it's just a, you know one of those things you see where it's like yeah they don't like this guy whatsoever, and uh, a lot of it has to do with his position on Israel. Um, oh, yeah. It's leaking more into the mainstream left, too. The mainstream sort of yes. Democrats are, are becoming more and more sort of uh, dis- uh, distrusting of Israel. Yeah, I, I think if if the more like radical leftists can push the like normie Democrats, 
into uh, like farther left in, in positions of like war at least. I think that'll be a good thing. At least yeah, on this, yeah. it, you know, even if it's a small victory where it's like it's just for like an Israel Palestine thing and not other wars, that's still a, an improvement. Even if, if it changes yeah. the political situation in the United States such that I mean, regardless of what you do behind closed doors or or through mm-hmm. intelligence agencies or whatever, if you can publicly not have to kneel at the feet of Israel, um, that would be a good development. Yeah. Yes, yeah, because right now you do have to. In, in American yeah. politics. Uh, but yeah, Biden is losing his mind. Uh, you know, uh, this, you know, look, we, we've made fun of him before. I, I, when I, when I make fun of Biden, I, I don't mean to downplay and, and look, he's not officially diagnosed with dementia, but you know, Oh yeah. I, I wouldn't well, look, be surprised as a, as a, as a, as a, uh, as a definitely not a doctor, not a medical professional in, in any, yeah, in any yeah. sense. Oh yeah, that man is sick. That man is actively he has mental degradation to a degree that you you don't see outside of cases yeah. like that where it's super old people yeah. with problems. Yeah. And you know, uh, on one hand, it is sad to see someone like deteriorate in front of your eyes like that. So I I don't mean to make light of that. Oh yeah, it's like, abuse. Experience. Yeah. Uh it is absolutely elder abuse. Um there's also something funny because it's Joe Biden and he's an awful person. Yes. Uh, that I can. I can well, it's hilarious that they keep trying to sell him as if it's not true. Nobody believes this guy's well. I, I genuinely want Biden to win again. I need to see the end of this. I need to see how this plays out, dude. I have to see. <laughs> it's like it's like a really terrible TV show. Uh, that is just so awful, but you have to stick through it to the end. You have to see how it <laughs> What's ends. What's it like That's to have a president with dementia for eight years? How does it end? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I, I agree with you. I find that that is the most interesting thing. Trump as president, late. I think, can't surprise me. Biden can. Yeah, it's way too funny. I like to imagine that whenever he has one of these episodes, like the specter of Corn Pop is just sitting there out of his vision, like <laughs> in his peripherals, just staring at him. You know, oh, man. Uh, that he can just never escape. Um, I, I, you know, that I, that's always what I imagine when I see him having one of these yes. uh, episodes. It's, it's yeah, so. it's incredible. Well, the whole reason that he threw that tantrum was because the special counsel report came out. Um, and the, the purpose of the special counsel report was to investigate and um, suggest whether charges should be brought in Joe Biden's use of classified documents after his time as vice president. If you remember, yeah. it's the same thing they're going after Trump for. Um, and in much the same way, keeping these things in his personal residence and showing them to people who shouldn't have access. Um, this was this was this is exactly what they're going after Trump for. And I, I want to make the point, by the way. And I made this mm-hmm. point before, I think, but I listen to I, I, I listen periodically to um, uh, America's Constitution. It's a television. It's a, not television. It's a podcast um, where uh, Akil Amar, who is a, 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 a constitutional law scholar and a, and a very, very good one. Scholar, I said, uh, <laughs> and a good one. He says uh, he, he goes over legal issues and stuff like that. But he has this co-host who's a doctor. He's not a legal professional, but he's a smart enough guy. Um. And he 
talks about like he asked the question on an episode one time he was like i don't understand how people can still support trump there's all this evidence that he broke the law there's all this evidence with the classified documents and stuff how do you how do these people what would convince them that he's a criminal and i heard that and i'm sitting here thinking you fucking dummy you absolute dummy they know he's a criminal they don't care because you don't care right. because Biden did the same goddamn thing and you didn't care because America because uh, uh, Obama killed a 16 year old kid who was born in fucking Denver and you didn't care because yeah. George it's W. The- Bush who's wanted at the Hague for fucking war crimes and you don't care. It's not the fact that he's a criminal that they care about. It's the fact that you've never given a shit. It's the he smoked weed in high school uh, equivalent of just like, you know, it's like, OK, and. Right. <laughs> they all, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, it's all this, all this evidence that Joe Biden fucking personally benefited through his political connections through his son. All that evidence of that happening, you don't care. It's not the fact that he's a criminal. Nobody gives a shit that he's a criminal. They know he is. What they care about right. is the fact that you're only going after him because he's Trump. That's it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, what, what did the report say exactly that he would be unfit uh, to actually? Well, uh, let's get to that. Um, OK, yeah. yeah. <laughs> OK, uh, this is from the Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness. Um, <laughs> headline special counsel. No charges for Biden and classified documents probe. Joe Biden carelessly kept classified documents and notebooks at his home, according to a special counsel report released Thursday that said the evidence wasn't strong enough to charge the president with crimes. The report's description of Biden as a as as, quote, an elderly man with a poor memory prompted a furious response from the president at a hastily called news conference hours later. The 345-page special counsel report portrays Biden, 81, as someone who haphazardly kept notebooks and documents with classified information at his home and struggled to recall key dates in his life. Republicans quickly seized on that stinging characterization to attack the Democratic incumbent as unfit for office. Special counsel Robert K. Hur's report also said Biden could not remember the year in which his son Beau died of cancer. (laughs) The year, dude. Not even the date. Um... Quote, how in the hell dare he raise that? A furious president said to reporters summoned to the White House on Thursday evening, quote, it wasn't any of their damn business. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away. Well, apparently you do, because it seems you forgot. Um, (laughs) In an exchange with reporters that veered from questions about possible national security crimes to the president's mental uh, faculties to the ongoing U.S. response to the war in the Middle East, Biden insisted that he never improperly shared classified information with anyone and was fit to be president and run for re-election. I know what the hell I'm doing, he declared. (laughs) Her, who interviewed the president at the White House himself, found evidence that Biden, quote, willfully retained and disclosed, this is the important part, And how many paragraphs is it deep in the story? Uh, Several. It's, yeah. Uh, Quote, willfully retained and disclosed classified materials to his ghostwriter after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. The special counsel concluded, however, that the evidence, quote, does not establish Mr. Biden's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. At the news conference, Biden denied disclosing restricted information, saying he was careful to skip over any sensitive material when sharing his notes. Prosecuting Biden would be, quote, unwarranted based on a number of factors that would make it difficult to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he intended to break the law, Hearst report concluded. Among the issues examined by investigators was why Biden first told his ghostwriter that he had classified information in his possession back in 2017, but didn't report it to the authorities. Ultimately, the report said a jury would find Biden to be sympathetic, to be a sympathetic figure and a, quote, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. 
Prosecutors also suggested it would it might not have struck Biden as noteworthy that he was in possession of classified documents so soon after his term as vice president has en- had ended. Her's report said it would be, quote, difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him by then a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. So imagine your defense for the president of the United States. Is that he's just too retarded? To I'm, yes, I am too stupid to have that. That is exactly what's being claimed here. He is too <laughs> mentally unwell to have the mens rea, the required mens rea, the mental state, the intent element, right, of this crime being willfulness, uh-huh. willfully making people aware of this documentation, willfully keeping this documentation. Okay, that's that's the that's the intent element. That's the mens rea. He is too mentally unwell to have that. He is too mentally unwell to have will. To mean to do something. He's just saying ow a lot. (laughs) Yes, it is incredible. And his response was hilarious because in the in the at the same press conference where he's responding to this he says that al sisi is the president of mexico (laughs) the funniest goddamn thing on the planet dude (laughs) (laughs) oh um there's another story about this from newsweek biden livid after special counsel questions mental fitness maga pounces the Department of Justice special counsel report raised serious questions about President Joe Biden's mental acuity as it uh, as it declined to prosecute him for mishandling classified documents. Special counsel Robert Hur's report drew a furious reaction from the president who addressed the nation hours later to take on the report that appeared to reinforce what many voters believe. 81 at 81, Biden is too old to run for a second term. Quote, I know what the hell I'm doing, Biden said on, on television as his Republican opponents pounced on Hur's devastating portrait of a forgetful old man who couldn't remember when his son died or when he was vice president. Quote, in his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. Quote, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began. Quote, in 2009, am I still vice president? The report stated, quote, he did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died and his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Oof. Quote, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. That's from the report. Oof, that is the, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, that's incredible to me. Yeah, that is really, uh, that's really damning, if true. Uh, that's, uh, oof. I believe it. I mean, I, I don't think yeah, that, I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't think that they would put that in the report if it didn't happen, you know? Yeah. And Biden didn't say it didn't happen. He said, how dare you bring that up? Which is like, well, because it matters. (laughs) 
It matters. It speaks to your mental state. It speaks to whether or not you can be prosecuted for this. It turns out that her thinks you can't be prosecuted for it because you don't have any fucking brain. Your brain is Swiss cheese, Mr. President. That's why you can't be indicted. That's why you can't be prosecuted. My memory is fine. I don't remember forgetting. (laughs) That's exactly right. Uh, meanwhile, in a letter circulating online that was that was addressed to her and Deputy Special Counsel uh, Crickbaum, the White House said, quote, we do not believe that the report's treatment of President Biden's memory is accurate or appropriate. In fact, there is ample evidence from your interview that the president did well in answering your questions about years old events over the course of five hours. OK, fine. Then change the report and suggest that charges be brought. If he's fine. If this if the if the if the logic for not bringing charges is that he can't meet the mens rea, his brain is Swiss cheese. He did not willfully do any of this because he was too stupid to know what he was doing at the time. If that is the reason you can't bring charges and it's not true. Change the report. Bring the charges then. Right. Right. That's the argument they're making is that no, 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 he should be prosecuted. Yeah. It's, it, that's incredible right. to me. Yeah. That's the whole argument that they're making. Is that, no, 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 he is fit to be charged for this crime. <laughs> well, okay then. <laughs> but, I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't think it's the case. I think, I think the report is probably correct. I think he probably oh, I, wouldn't yeah. meet the mens rea for this crime. Yeah. He probably didn't do it knowingly or willfully or intentionally or any of those things. He probably forgot all about the documents that he had, and he probably showed them to people not knowing or remembering what they were. Yeah. Now, that is a a distinct difference from Donald Trump. Donald Trump can absolutely meet the mens rea. There's a conversation with Kid Rock that he had. Hey, I have this. It's classified. Isn't it cool? cool these are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's exactly right. So, so it is different from, from Donald Trump in that sense. Mm-hmm. But if the White House says they're liars and that he doesn't have these issues, well, then okay. Then let's charge him, just like we're charging Donald Trump for the same thing. Yeah. And that's why, guy whose name I can't remember, co-host of a Marcus Constitution, that's why people don't care that Donald Trump is a criminal. Right. That's why. Because Biden did the same fucking thing, and the only reason they're not charging him is because they think his brain is Swiss cheese. And Biden says otherwise, which means he should be charged, if he's correct. But no one's going to argue for that, least of all you. That is why nobody cares that Donald Trump is a criminal. Yeah. Because it's selective. Right, exactly, yeah. That's all it is. It's, it's easy peasy, super simple to figure out. But these people are just like, no, well, there's no way Biden could be bad guy. Right. Biden's <laughs> politician. They're all bad guy. <laughs> I mean, there's no, what the hell are you talking yeah. about? Right. But yeah, I, I thought that was just a fascinating story. That, that, and and the, fact that, the fact that the United States president is too demented to charge with a crime. 
<laughs> the same crime that the previous president is already charged with is mind blowing. Because <laughs> I think yeah, I think it, I think her was probably honest. I'm sorry. Continue. No, no. I was just gonna say uh, this whole thing is a train wreck. Uh, but it's it you can't look away, so you just have to like you know sort of just uh, I need to see where this goes, right? It's it's too interesting not to you know follow through. Uh, it's like if Biden won again, what are the chances that they would just like say, "Hey, uh, you got to go. You were unfit for office. You you can't do this." I think it's pretty high, honestly. If he did, if the if, if the Republicans again. were to win the legislature and Biden yeah. were to were to stay the president, I think he would be removed. Yeah, I think no, I think there's a chance even the Democrats might do it just to like kind of um, get him out of there. Uh, with uh, dignity, so whatever yeah. dignity is left before he deteriorates live in front of everyone's eyes, uh, more so than he has already. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's possible. I I don't know because they're mm-hmm. they're so married to him, especially at the establishment level. And frankly, I think they might like it because whoever is in charge, it's not him. Mm-hmm. So somebody's right. making yeah. the decisions. You know. Yeah. Somebody's got to be making the decisions, and and if it's somebody who the 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 establishment likes making those decisions, oh, keep him in. He can they can shove yeah. their hand up his ass and have him say whatever they want while they're doing whatever mm-hmm. they want to do behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't uh, I, I I that would be the thing unless they think that the voters really would abandon him. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And if they and I don't think it's that bad, especially if Trump ends up being the Republican nominee. I, I don't I think the the I think the, the voters on the left who would vote for Bi- or who who would not vote for Trump, regardless of who was running in Biden's position, are going to vote for Biden anyway because they're scared of Trump. Right. Of course. Yeah. So the only the only thing that would keep people from abandoning Biden is Trump being the nominee. Yeah. Yeah. Because even on the left, people believe he's crazy. I mean, people know he's demented. Oh, yeah. They know he's not. He's not fit. Right. You cannot be a, like a human being, a normal human being, and look at Biden and think everything is just okay. Right. Like. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I hundred percent. If the Republicans wanted to win the next election, they'd run some milk toast Republican against Biden. They wouldn't mm-hmm. run Trump. It would be, and they wouldn't, I don't think they would run Nikki Haley either. I think Nikki Haley is, is, would have the same sort of response from the left that Trump gets, just in a different way. Right. Um, but I think you run some milk toast Republican against Biden, Biden, uh, uh, the, whoever that is wins. Yeah. But oh, you yeah, run Trump against Biden and no one's going to, no one's going to abandon Biden in favor of Trump and no one's going to abandon Biden to vote third party either. Yeah. Cause they're too yep. afraid of Trump. I don't know, man. They're in a, it's a, it's a, they're in a tough spot. Yeah. I, I <laughs> look, here's the thing, right? If, if Biden does win again and he sticks with Kamala Harris as his VP, Ugh. I'm polling for Biden. I, I, you know, I don't care if he has to be puppeted out there on a stretcher. 
uh, you know, and and have like an actual be an actual like marionette. We have to keep him in office. Kamala Harris cannot Kamala. be allowed to become president. Never, never, under any circumstances, can we allow that timeline to occur. Yeah, I agree with you because she is the fucking worst. She's terrifying. She is. She no, is as frightening to me as Nikki Haley is. Uh, yes, I agree. Yeah. And Nikki Haley's incredibly frightening to me. I think Nikki Haley gets us into World War III. I think Nikki Haley starts yeah, a war with Iran. I think Nikki Haley is the, the, the worst possible candidate if what you're concerned about is the future yes. stability of the United States. I think Kamala's yeah. is bad. As bad. Yeah. And I just, I, ugh, ugh. Don't scare me like yeah. that. Right. Because if they do kick him out, it's Kamala. Yeah. Yeah. I wish he would pick a different VP. I, I wish he would Me just come too. out and say, you know what? We're kicking Kamala to the curb and we're, we're picking somebody else. Get uh, Marianne Williamson <laughs> as yes. VP. Marianne Williamson or fuck it. I don't care. Fetterman. I, I don't care. Yeah. I know. Who's the, who's the, uh, the rent is too goddamn high guy. Uh, that get that guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm wondering if maybe we could all just agree to stop voting people into office who are over the age of like 75. Right. <laughs> Can we just not be doing that anymore? Right. Yeah. Trump is 77 years old, dude. And he's not doing too hot either. I mean, this is a guy who, look, I, I mean, he's funny and everything, but I think he's, I, he's been increasingly unstable, it seems, in his statements. In a way that he wasn't before. Yeah, what was the um, what was the statement about like I I didn't look into this, so maybe there's extra. I'm sure there's probably extra context I'm missing, or maybe not. I don't know. But he's like he sits and like if I lose, they're gonna change the name of Pennsylvania or something. Like, uh, did you see that? I didn't. Okay, sorry, I don't have the clip. No, I'm fine. Moment, fine. No. I, I assume. I mean, that sounds like a joke, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was kind of like, I, I just saw an edited version of it, so there's probably more context, but yeah. Yeah, that is, he's become increasingly unstable. And I think mm-hmm. it's due to age. He's 77! Yeah. Biden's only got a few years on him. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, this isn't like we're, this isn't like we're talking about, you know, some dude who's, we're not talking about Obama in 2008. Right. Both of these guys are, are, are Biden's an octogenarian and Trump will be in a couple of years. Yeah. So I don't, ugh, I don't know, man. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? No, no. Uh, that's all I had. Okay. Let's get to plugs. You got anything to plug? Uh, no, not right now. Okay. Uh, Pacing Joska, J-O-U-S-K-A on Twitter. Um, also Pacing Joska on Blue Sky. Uh, Pacing Joska on Blue Sky dot social. And the show, T-E-T-C dot show on Blue Sky and at T-E-T-C show on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Let me know if I win my side bet. <laughs> Later, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> Peace. 
thank you for listening to another episode of the End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show. 